Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I am Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We are live from Steelers training camp here in beautiful Latro, Pennsylvania. Matt, another beautiful day here. These That's last, what I was thinking, yeah. The last two days might have been the nicest days we've been out here. Yeah, very Pleasant weather, not hot, but sunny, lots of blue skies, seeing all the mountains in the background, not a haze or anything like that. It's perfect. I, I, I'm loving it. Jacob's got a big sandwich here beside us. He's going to wolf down here. Yeah, yeah. we got practice. He's uh, not getting wet. A and... <laughs> <laughs> couple of times he's yep. come back with some uh, soggy uh, some soggy boxes from the uh, cafeteria <laughs> as he's worked his way back across campus. That has not been the case here the last No, it's been beautiful. Days. we got tomorrow, I think, is supposed to be nice as well. Yeah, the beautiful. Brown, bring a good, it way on to end, good way to end this whole thing, and this is the, uh, the penultimate day. Today, yeah, another, another big crowd. The, the crowds have showed up this year. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. I mean, no doubt about it. I think coming back here is, you know, if you build Created it, they will buzz, come. Yeah. yeah, you know. And I, I think the team is creating a little bit of buzz. I think Certainly people were a little a interesting year. Yeah, I think people were like, okay, what's this going to look like without Ben Roethlisberger? Mm-hmm. Um, they got a taste of it Saturday night against the Seahawks. And I, I think that created some buzz as well because I think people liked what they saw in terms of oh, I think so, the offense yeah. and, and things like that. I mean, that, that place was rocking for a preseason game, yeah, too. You absolutely. Know. Right. No, I mean, there's a lot of change in that they're, we're back to St. Vincent's after a couple year hiatus. Hey, there's a new GM, there's a new. Uh, there's new, new defensive guys on the coaching staff. I know this is Matt Canada's, and this isn't his first year, but it's really going to be the first year of seeing what he wants to do on offense and truly implementing it. New quarterbacks, of course. you know. So a lot of change, but a lot of the same, too. And that, that's kind of the beauty of this organization and this place. You know, JT Thomas comes here and sits down with those guys before us, and they said Mel Blunt's going to be here tomorrow. So there's always a touch of the past, but – you know, it's time to look forward and see what this team's going to become. Yeah, absolutely. As we watch the uh, quarterbacks go through some uh, some drill work, footwork here in front of us here, this this is a interesting little throwing on the like avoiding avoiding contact, step up in the pocket, throw on the run, drop it in. Which they did in games on Saturday. You yeah. know, I mean, the guy would come free and. Uh, Trubisky or Pickett in particular would make him miss or sidestep him, keep his calm, and deliver a throw or pick up four or five yards. So it it is one of the more interesting things to practice. It's really easy to overlook. But I've really enjoyed 
was this practice 16 or 17? This is or 17, 17, I believe, Matt. Watching each one of those more, <laughs> you know, the first part of this part of practice of what are the quarterbacks working on for their individual drills? And yeah. a lot of it is moving your feet and throwing the football. Watching uh, Gunnar Olszewski work now as a holder. I, I'm trying to get to the bottom of this whole See, long he has snapping. To be, yeah. He has to have hold, held. I mean, he's yeah. such a special teams guy. I mean, does he have a quarterback background? Uh, I think in high school. I guess yeah. what I was saying. I think at some level he did. So, I mean, he's fielded snaps before, though. You yeah. Know? I would bet he's the emergency holder the more I think about that it. That would be good. Yeah. yeah. But I, they've I had a lot of them here. Because you don't want your quarterbacks necessarily to do that. No, they usually have the hands for it yeah. and the hand-eye coordination. But you can also get kicked in the hands and things You can like get kicked that. in yeah. the hands or they don't find practice it. I mean, if you have That's a free minute thing, of practice, yeah. you're not taking snaps from the long snapper and having Boswell swing his leg through. Yeah. I mean, you got other things to do. I talked to Christian Kuntz today, the, the Steelers' uh, long snapper. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen Chris Boswell out there doing some long snaps. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I, yeah. I asked him, I said, could Bos be a long snapper in the league if he were bigger? He goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. It's yeah. lovely. But he's not the backup long snapper or anything like that either. No. Yeah, right. He's just someone that's done it in these practice situations over the years because well, he's probably bored. Pat Fryermuth out there fielding punts again here. Yeah, I guess he did this yesterday, he goes right? For, uh, goes I think for he caught three of them in the fourth one. He had three balls out, at once, yeah. yeah. That's a good hands-type drill. Oh, it's Obviously, hard. Obviously, Ol- yeah. really good at it. For people that don't know, what they'll do a lot is one of these guys will see how many footballs they can hold on to and catch at a time. Some of them get five, six, you know. Anthony Miller, I thought early in camp, I thought he'd get seven. I wasn't. I, I think that was the record. I thought that too, and yeah. I didn't quite say it because I wasn't sure. Because that you sounds have long almost, arms to do that. you got to find somewhere to put them. Yeah, you, you know, right. have to have like balls are big. Yeah. I always say this too. Like, I was shocked how big and heavy an NFL ball was as of seeing one in, you know, compared to being a viewer. I mean, it's a bigger, more daunting ball to catch than people realize and to store in your arms with five other ones while you catch a punt. <laughs> uh, Steelers not in pads today, Matt. Um, looks like uh, that we may have seen the last padded practice here. At least You think tomorrow will be light too, right? I think tomorrow will be light. Uh, I think they got two good practices in a row mm-hmm. in, in pads. And so, yep. um, you know, we might see some padded practices coming out of this uh, third pre- or second preseason game before the third preseason game. Yeah, maybe Tuesday or something yeah, like that. Maybe, yeah, maybe coming at, in, you know, in between the start of the regular season and that third preseason game as well. But you're not going to see the physicality no, I don't think, no. at this point anymore. Do you feel like the, now the goal is let's get all the dudes that we're going to count on to the starting line? Yes. You know, yeah. as well as play some meaningful games. And I am really looking forward to this Jacksonville game. I'm sure we'll talk about that even more tomorrow. But uh, I would think – we got most of our work in. We know where this team is at. We have one game in the books. Did the first cuts, although it was only five people. Um, have a pretty good idea of who's on the roster and what spots might still be available or maybe even outside the organization. So let's get everyone healthy for week one. Yeah, I think that, and that's what they're kind of working their way to, uh, at least towards here uh, as they get through this camp. And, uh, again, two days left here today and tomorrow. Then they break camp and, well, so the 2020, uh, 2022 uh, Steelers training camp will be in the books. And yep. Boy, we've had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. Um, at times, it's like, boy, I wouldn't mind being home. But 90% of the time I'm here, I'm grateful to be here. I think it's a super cool environment. The, uh, the watering holes in the evening, the meals, sitting here chatting with you for three hours, being with the fans, watching practice, it's pretty cool. And, again, especially when the weather's like this, too. I mean, it's just really enjoyable. Absolutely. So if you were on the fence about coming out, 
Well, oh, tomorrow's, do it, yeah. tomorrow's the last time, chance that you'll get. So get your butt out here and uh, watch yeah. the Steelers practice. Uh, you are listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970. Again, he is Matt Williamson, and I am Dale Lally. We are live through 5 o'clock, so we'll take you right through the Steelers practice here. The only station bringing you live Steelers practice updates as they happen on the field. The only uh, station permitted. That's been fun, to be too, to, to kind of do yeah. a play-by-play-ish type of thing. That's a little different for us. You yeah, know, absolutely. comment on something live. I hope we're getting better at it. I don't know that we are, <laughs> but as long as we're kind of giving our it's thoughts engaged. and trying to paint somewhat of a picture, I think is you know valuable. Absolutely. It's just been fun for us. It has been fun. It gives, you know, when things happen on the field, we can talk about them. Right, right, right. You know, Boy, what a catch by Pickens. Yeah, or, boy, we're talking about you know, practice. Right. Exactly. You know? But, no, I, I've enjoyed that part of it, too. Uh, I don't think I'll be doing any uh, live commentating professionally anytime in the near future, especially if anyone listened to that. But it is fun, and it's uh, it's been a good way to just to convey to the audience what we're seeing. You know, yeah. not everyone gets a chance to see it. Matt, I did get a chance to talk to Terrell Edmonds today, mm. and I asked him. I said, "Was that the first time you've ever?" Because yesterday he did backs on backers work, and I said, and "We was took that note f- of it and thought that was interesting." Right? I said, is that the first time you've ever done that? And he said, "Yes, that's the is first it? time he has ever done that." Norwood was also there, correct? Yeah, uh, the but that makes backs. they've had Arthur Millette over there doing it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That kind of, you know, the, the I mean, he's a heavy blitzer. Guys who are the nickel corner, you know. Yeah, but that's you know with, with, with Edmonds, he's not a back or a backer, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so you're probably not going to use him as the nickel quarter. Uh, although Brady uh, Grady uh, Brown did tell me today that. That, he did some of that work, in, you know, before in the past uh, when he was at Virginia Tech. Played mm-hmm. outside cornerback at Virginia Tech, and played some nickel and things of that nature. But he's lined up in the slot a fair amount. Yeah, that doesn't mean he's guarding the nickel Correct. receiver yeah. all the time. He but might be on a tight end, right? Or a back that splits wide. Often, I mean, his alignment in different packages can be in the nickel area. But I don't think that's where you're going with this. I mean, I don't think we're talking about Edmonds as a nickel blitzer here for the backs on backers. Right. I, mean, I think it's more of a Something we've discussed is, well, Jack looks like a really solid addition and a high-quality linebacker, and I think I'm confident saying he's the best second-level linebacker they've had since Shazier. You know, I mean, I, I, I think that'll be will come to fruition. But I think the the spot next to him is unsettled. Is probably a kind way of saying it, and I think people are too hard on Bush. I mean, I don't think that story is written yet, but I am hard on Spillane, and I don't feel super confident about Bush, and the young guys are highly, highly unproven. So where are we going with this? Um, dime. You know, dime, I mean, dime, I, dime. I, I think you could absolutely see a lot more six defensive backs on the field, and if you do, Edmonds is going to be the linebacker-ish of the group, the most, I mean, the, the most linebacker-ish of the group that would be out there. He'd be the one most likely in the box or, you know, doing any of the heavy lifting or any of the linebacker-type work. So why not put him on backs and backers like he's a backer? Yeah, yeah, and I did talk to, to Grady Brown about that as well. You can read that on the DK Pittsburgh yeah, Sports uh, later on today. I'll have that story dropping uh, with all the information in that. But uh, definitely that's, that's something that they're thinking about here. Yeah, and it because, makes a lot, of, a lot of sense. You know, he rattled off as we were talking, he rattled off, uh, you know their top six defensive backs, and it's who you, th- you you know who you would say they're quality players. And when he got done, I said, "Well, you just counted six guys." I said, "That's a dime, right?" Yeah, yeah right, right. right. <laughs> goes, One more than a nickel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not six cents; it's a dime. But I mean, it's the way they call it. And, and all six of those dudes, like I look at Millette and think he's just a stri- strictly a slot. 
Um, you know, I look at Wallace and Witherspoon. They're strictly outside guys. You know, Edmonds is pretty much strictly a strong safety slash pseudo linebacker. But that's fine. All those things are different. You know, like right. when you put the whole uh, picture together, there's a lot of variety there that you can move these guys around depending on opponent. It gets a lot of speed on the field. I don't think you lose a ton of physicality, you know, in terms of that, those guys being on the field. Um, you know, you're seeing it more and more around the league. There are some teams, I think it was Houston and Atlanta, that never used dime once last year. You know, so Probably because they didn't have enough. They were also always backs. losing, yeah. too. But, I mean, so, but still, um, yeah, exactly. I think it's just get your best 11 out there. And I'm sure some people are like, well, aren't they going to get run on worse than even last year? I guess it's possible, but I think the D-line's better equipped than it was. And just because you're bigger doesn't mean that you're better versus a run. I mean, by right. that notion, you just throw a bunch of nose tackles out there and nobody would <laughs> ever run on you. But you need to be able to – that doesn't help you versus outside zone or Lamar Jackson or yeah. Josh Allen. Well, or, I mean, that's, that's what the Chargers did in the playoffs in 2019 against Lamar, correct? Yeah, I don't forget 20, which year it was, but, yes. but they, they played – They had like seven They played seven defensive right, backs right, right. on the field against him. Including because of injuries, but they did it. And, and it you know, was Derwin James is one of those. And he assigned today, yeah. by the way. And Mink is now the second highest paid safety in the league. But having Derwin is helpful in that regard. And I'm not saying Edmonds is Derwin. He's not. I mean, Derwin's, I think, the most special safety in the league. But I think Edmonds would play somewhat of that role. He's got that same body type. Body type, bigger guy. Yeah. who's you know, can handle the physicality. He can take on an O-lineman if he had to, or a big tight end, or a fullback. You know the guy that uh, Grady Brown said is the key to that? Hmm. Cam Sutton. That makes some sense. The he intelligence and the versatility. He could play any any of the spots. Um, He's played some safety here. Yeah. Doesn't look like it when he lines up, but post-snap he ends up with yeah. safety responsibilities. He said because the idea is to not let opponents know where Minka Fitzpatrick's lining up at. Mm-hmm. That's the idea when they break the defensive huddle. Now if you can make Which the quarterback. Which makes KZ a, a key to me, too, because right. that means Minka won't always be in the deep middle. So right. now where's Minka? Where's Troy? You know. Yeah. So, you know, he says, that, look, if he, can, if he can cause just a little bit of uncertainty with the quarterback, that goes a mm-hmm. long way. See, my hunch is, and you might, maybe you guys even had this conversation. I don't know. It's the first I've thought of it or heard you guys chatting about it. Everyone raves about Sutton's football intelligence. That I'm sure Hayden had some of these responsibilities yeah. too because he was such a veteran and so smart. That if you're going to play with six defensive backs and you're going to play, you know, where's Minka? Well, everyone better know their assignments. You right. know, if you one right. blown assignment and I mean, doesn't if, matter where Minka's at. If Ryan Clark doesn't make up for free. Troy, it yeah. doesn't help. You know, like so communication's even doubly important in a situation like that, especially if you're rolling coverages in different directions. So I would think it's Sutton's job almost to be like the green dot guy of the secondary in terms of just aligning everyone where they need to be and not giving things away to smart quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, so I can see where he would be the key, both in what he does and how he relays it to those teammates. Yeah, so it's going to be fascinating, and I think some of that will be obviously opponent-driven. Oh, uh, yeah. You're not going to play a lot of dime against the Browns. I mean, Bengals versus Ravens couldn't be any more different. Right. You know, right. You know, and that's one thing he said. You know, he but said Sutton's going to be on the field for both. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, look, you know, some of the, our, our division is a run heavy division. There's a lot of good backs and, and good offensive linemen. But when you're playing the, and he threw this name out, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. And they're going to try to spread you out. Okay. And they throw a yeah. high percentage of the time. Or, you know, right. But there's. Versatility is unbelievably important. That's why Minka and Derwin got the big money they they did. It's not because 
he's just a free or he's just a strong. They have so much in their toolbox, and we'll see more of it, I think, from Minka. And, of course, they're going to use Derwin in a wide variety of ways, too. So those are the guys getting money that allows you to deal with Tampa versus Cleveland, you know. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some Cleveland news while we're on the air, too. Maybe we'll get some Cleveland news. Seems like it's uh, warming up. That is starting to get warmed up a lot uh, as apparently the league and uh, attorneys for Deshaun Watson are in negotiations so that Tony Busby doesn't have to make any kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, Which uh, might just be the easiest for everyone and get it over with type of thing. Uh, Again, uh, you know, with with the negotiations taking place right now, mm -hmm. it's going to be more than six. Yes. I think Watson's trying to avoid an entire year. I would imagine. But so anything in between is good no news for Bengals, Ravens, Steelers. Yes, you know, and I think you. I mean, if it's ten games, ten or twelve is what you want. They're cooked. They're cooked. The Browns right. are cooked. I think they have no shot at the playoffs, and it really, as you've put into detail, it really hurts their cap much more next year yeah. for cap reasons. The Browns would be kind of happy if Deshaun gets a year. Right. You could even trade for Jimmy at that point or something like that. But his, his contract probably wouldn't kick in unless the NFL said, oh, your contract's kicking in. You know, I mean, they yeah. could override that. But still, um, that would leave them in reasonably good situation for next year. But if they have to – if Watson's contract escalates as a plan for next year, they're going to be really, really cash-strapped. And, you know, Jack Conklin's going to be on the street and Amari Cooper or whomever. I remember throwing expensive names out there. But it'll be hard to build around them. It certainly will be. I mean, maybe that will be part of the negotiations. I don't know. Who knows what's going right, on right, behind right. those closed doors. We'll find out when that all is released. Uh, the Steelers on the field right now going through their uh, team stretch period. Uh, seeing uh, Calvin Austin over here, he's not practicing, uh, mm, but he's yeah. over here. Doesn't have the boot on again. He's out Looks here anxious again. Working, uh, working on making some catches here. Uh, there was a defensive player on the other side of the field, but I lost him here now. Oh, that, uh, scan here. There's got to be a couple. Is that Alex Highsmith still on the other field over there? I can't see that far. But uh, has that body type? Yeah, it's... still a few guys not practicing. But uh, by and large, uh, we're starting to see. Oh no, that's Montrevious Adams. Oh, okay. He's uh, he's How long back has he been there. out. Uh, since the a week or so. Since the practice at Latrobe Memorial Stadium. Oh, so even more than that then. Okay. So he's he's been a, a little over a week. So Do you think but he's, he's worried about his roster spot. He should, probably should be. Yeah, I say I don't yeah. know if that's guaranteed. You right. Know? I, I like what I've seen from him. I'd like to keep him around, but um, you can't make the club in the tub. You cannot. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. But uh, we're going to take a break. All he right. is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970. We'll be back with more live from Steelers training camp at St. Vincent College right after this. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. We are back. I am Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And, uh, well, we're live from Steelers training camp here on Steelers Nation Yeah, Radio great environment. ESPN 970. Uh, Matt, um... McCole Hartman carted off today for the oh, Kansas City Chiefs. Apparently, it's a groin injury, but carted him off. That that has to be a pretty major. Yeah, injury. I would be worried about it if I were them. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, that might things might make things a little clearer with the pecking order because they kind of have one too many dudes with Juju and Sky Moore and Hardman and Valdez Scantling. Um, but they seem to still be high on Hardman. Yeah, I, I think he's kind of been missing something since he's been in the league and. They drafted him at the time is when they were negotiating with Tyreek and not as a replacement, but as a facsimile of, you know, Tyreek. And he's never really been close to being that dangerous or that consistent. Yeah. Uh, the uh, NFL uh, or the Pro Football Hall of Fame has announced the fi- first uh, senior finalist, the first oh, really? three senior finalists for the class of 2023. And there'll be one of these three make it, right? I believe so. Chuck Howley. Joe Klecko, Ken Riley. Okay. I think it's be Ken Riley. Do you? I said Klecko's the one I remember best. He's the youngest of the group. Um, Riley's got a pretty strong case, though, huh? Yeah. 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 He's 65 career interceptions. Yeah. How's he not in the Hall of Fame already? Yeah. Yeah. I bet he is. A, a so that would be man. another Bengal getting into the Hall of Fame if that happened. Yeah. And there has been a lot of Bengal folks that have been pushing for him that he's been overlooked. and. I, I wouldn't have any problem with it. It sounds like his resume is easily strong enough. Yeah. You know? The other uh, semifinalists, Riley gets gets the nod over his former teammate, Ken Anderson. Mm. Anderson's someone I've always thought was yeah. had and a really strong case. Maxi Bahan, I can't say that I know him. Randy Gratisher. Ah, he's a, he was a good player, too. Cecil Isbell, Bob Kuchenberg, uh, Eddie Mater, Tommy Nobus, Sterling Sharp, and Everson Walls. Sterling Sharp was a stud, just didn't last long. Just didn't last very long. Yeah, I'm a couple more years, and I think he's probably in on his own merit. Or, you know, not already. Um, There was one name there I thought was interesting. Oh, Kenny Anderson. I mean, just uh, he was kind of Joe Montana before Joe Montana. They were West Coast, but it was on the Ohio River. You know, I mean, it was Walsh. Yeah, if he wins the Super Bowl, maybe it's known as the Ohio River offense. I mean, his completion percentage was, like, best in the league year after year. Being super smart, got the ball out super quick. You know, I mean, it was a different was a style coach quarterback. Here? He was? Yeah, he was, huh? Yeah. Huh, very cool. Good dude. Yeah, good dude. Uh, so, Kenny Anderson, uh, at some point, he's going to get in. I was say, I think his case might be done. I mean, you don't stay on the on the Veterans Committee much longer, do you? No, well, you can. I mean, yeah. it's not going anywhere. Okay. You know, so. I always thought he had a, a strong case, though. Yeah. I mean, I, they may have just said, hey, we're going to put Ken Rowley on here this year. We can't have two Bengals mm-hmm. on the list, mm-hmm. so let's just put one. Your vote, I mean, your your bet is Riley's the one that goes for that That would be my guess, I yeah. think so, too. Like, that would be my guess. I remember Klecko well, but I wouldn't say Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No. Before that New York sack, sack exchange there for a while, Gastineau and those guys. But Hall of Famer. It was kind strong. of overblown, too. Right, right. In New York. <laughs> right, right. It they was. that good. It was a good nickname. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the team uh, Steelers breaking off into their individual drills here. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, again, we're watching the wide receivers here in front of us catching the uh, rugby balls. 
The running backs over there, what are they working on today? It won't be backs on backers. Won't stuff. be backs on backers. That's pretty basic handoff stuff. There. Yeah, just working on. Let's see. The receivers are going under the under the bar again too to get a nice low release off a of line of scrimmage. Coming up and catching, catching rugby football. ball. And I say the the individual offensive drills here aren't real spectacular. I mean, no, it's just kind of <laughs> pretty <run laughs> of the back mill to basic stuff. stuff yeah. yeah, I mean, quarterbacks, even the quarterbacks are ten yard out. And it's even a quick catch, get it out of your hands, find the laces, and throw it. You know, yeah. I mean, it's not even a it, – they're basically running RPO kind of stuff. Rapid fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, set your feet As quick as go. you can do it. Yeah. Find the laces, get it out. Rudolph's so, all right at it. Yeah, he gets it out quick. Mm-hmm. And that shows up um, – you know, he's pretty decisive when he – Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff. Yeah. That does a nice job with it. Pick it, take it. Just a, a, yeah. a smidge longer to set the speed. He is. And we almost have to have like a shortstop mentality here of get the ball, touch a base, fire it first as quick as we Speaking possibly can. Speaking of shortstop mentality, Pickett won the uh, home run contest last night. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Got the uh, special bat that Mike Tomlin had made. I kind of like seeing that. You know, I mean, I'm sh- sure Ben used to win it all the time. But... I don't know if he won it all the time. He was yeah. he was a good player. Uh huh. Matt, the last year I saw it, the last year they they did it uh, before COVID. I think Matt Filer was a two time champion. In was it? Big offensive lineman who was, had a baseball background. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he could he could he could hit the ball a long way. I remember you've mentioned a few Steelers that were really good at it. My only experience was many many moons ago. I played in the, the Heinz Ward softball event, and Ben and Kiesel pretty much homered every time they came to the plate. <laughs> and Kiesel made it look pretty easy too. Big yeah. strong guy. It's an athlete, you know. And Ben was just a pure athlete. It could have been golf. It could have been bowling. He'd probably been the best player there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But I like um, hearing that from the quarterback. Like, I want Pickett to be the best pickup hoop guy. I want him to be the best bowler. I want him to be the best lawn dart guy here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> lawn darts. <there's... laughs> I think they've kind of gone away in the past. Yeah. Um, so he won that. Uh, I don't know who all competed. We, you mm-hmm. know, we weren't on campus last night when that happened. I used to go out and just watch it, just sit and watch it. Had, I bet it'd be fun. They used to have a game, uh, offense against the defense, but the offense was always uh, – no, they a lot better. Whooping up on the, yeah, the yeah. defense. They had more of the skill guys. Didn't you say Dennis Dixon was Dennis a Dennis Dixon made player? the craziest catch I've ever seen in my life one year. Really? And you've been around baseball all the time. And, you know, right. It was a pop-up behind third base, like 25 feet behind third base. He came all the way from center field. From and, center. And made a diving catch. He was a, he was a minor league outfielder. Yeah, you're right. I knew he had so a background. He, had that he was background. a great athlete for yeah. quarterback, too, but... But it wasn't from left. No, from center. <laughs> he came, ran through me. He could fly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and made it just die, laid out and caught the caught the softball. I was like, wow, that was wow. really uh, that's unbelievable. That was really range. impressive. Wow. Yeah, how and you it didn't hover a, in the air forever? Yeah. I'm sure. You know, right? how you dropping a fly ball into that outfield? Center <laughs> right, field if he can cover that. that much, he's ground, going sideline right. to sideline in the. <laughs> yeah, don't hit fly balls. All <laughs> right, he's gonna get everything. Uh, yeah, so that's always fun. That's just something that Mike Tomlin brought in here when he started uh, just a, a kind of a fun day kind of thing yeah but there's also a little competitiveness to Absolutely. it too These you, know, guys you want to see who competes and right do. exactly everything right. they do it, it, it's not okay just to lose and be laugh it off and it, you know it's, everything's okay i mean sure it's an easy day but it, it fills two needs too he's still evaluating players through a different light you know i mean that that stuff is always to get out there and compete who's not you know yeah and you I mean, you know from your scouting background, maybe you don't go and watch a guy play baseball. No, but, but boy, you, basketball's yeah. a wonderful thing to watch. You could probably learn some sports. things on watching a guy as a baseball player, though. Like I'm sure. You know, you get a big offensive lineman, but he's he's good at first base. He moves his, you know, mm-hmm. the footwork's good. Or, or yeah, he's a yeah, catcher. Yeah. And 
So you see some of the nimbleness when balls in the dirt and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Move, you know, jump in the, the quick twitch to get out in front of the pitch and things of that nature. I would certainly think shortstop, second baseman, you know, Outfielders quickness. tracking the baseball. Outfielders tracking the baseball, yeah, that, 100%. You see that a lot of, a lot of good wide receivers. Wide receivers, are, yeah. Are, yeah. I was just, thinking wow, that as look well. look at the jump he got on that, and he just kind of knows where the ball's going to come down at every time. Mm-hmm. I would say the sports that we – the, the, the most a lot of the kids we recruited from were had basketball, wrestling, track and field, or are the yeah. most common ones, and it's a, pretty easy to figure out what traits from those. You know, it's great to have a track time. You yeah. know, things like that. Power for you know wrestlers and toughness and leverage, leverage and all that yeah. stuff and the throws in track and field, hammer throws and discus or whatever is a real powerful O line thing. But there wasn't a lot of baseball. But it's interesting that because that would. Makes some sense, yeah, but we have seen some players, you know, Kyler Murray in particular, that was Russell coveted. Wilson was a baseball player. Yeah, Drew Henson. Yeah. There. You know, there's a lot of those guys, right? They were big time baseball players, and I was going to bring up Kyler. Cause I'm not really picking on him, but people talk about his leadership and all that. And a lot of people have told me he kind of leads like a baseball player, which is a lot more singular sport. You know, like you go out in the outfield by yourself. You don't really have to communicate with teammates. You come to the plate by yourself. That you're kind of on your own, not the leader of 53 guys. There is communication in baseball, I, I, I got to say. picking I mean, on a sore subject. Your my four year, my outfielders, year, right? outfielders have to talk. Yeah. Everybody has to know the but situation. But it's not like a quarterback. Not quite, no, not, no, to, right, not right. to that level of communication. And, mm-hmm. and I've seen some pretty good leaders in, in, on a baseball team, that, that guys that you know kind of bring everybody else with them. My catcher better talk a lot. I would think a catcher, catcher would be a good football Transo, yeah. you know, as long as his knees are still okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's going to run the. He's going to run everything on the field. He's you know he's talking constantly. Yeah, like if I were recruiting a center and you're like, and he was like, boy, I'm, you know, he happens to be the best catcher in Whippeals. Like, oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, right? He gets low. Plus he's tough. Smart. Does the dirty work. They're smart. Yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. As long as he has knees still. <laughs> as long as he has knees, that is, that is a big problem there. So we're watching uh, some routes here with the yeah. receivers. Uh, some some quick uh, quick hitters, quick hitters here. Um, this is usually something that they setting that up in that inside uh, mm-hmm. the little curl to the inside. George Pickens once again gets the he gets handsy. Oh yeah, does that worry you a little, a little that bit, he yeah. might start getting some flags every and... time he's extending that arm yeah, when yeah. he's coming in? He's going to get called on that. And of course, point. he's going to get a reputation, and you know, yeah. But he physicality is not a problem with him. No, blocking. You'd routes. rather say uh, sick, exactly. Whoa, than sick him. Right, as long as he can reel it in if he's starting to get called. Yeah, um, but he know, does do that a lot. You're right. He gets that. He gets that arm extended. Um, you know, as long as it's below the waist. Oh, there's Anthony Miller down there. I see him in the. Uh, oh yeah. In the, the harness there. I bet he's that's, bombed. Yeah, that's gotta be. A, I had high hopes for him too. Yeah, yeah. There's tight end routes that are. Again, stuff you didn't see much last year. That's 10, 15, about 14 yard deep in. You know, just explode off the line of Get scrimmage. Get to the safety. Yep. And then cut off of them. Cut off it is a 90 degree angle over the middle of the field. And so on that route, you're looking to sell that you're going down the, down the middle. Yep. Down the yep, yep. Yep. If you can get. And then you break it off. I mean, I'm just, you know, pulling it off the top of my head. If it's cover two. That's like pretty much right past the linebackers, and if those safeties start to retreat, you break it off or in between there in the middle of the field. They didn't throw this route very often yeah. last year, you know. Well, interesting, they also had Claypool run that route. Well, he's a slot, as yeah, long, yeah, along yeah, with yeah, the tight right. ends. Yep, exactly. So yeah. you see a lot of these tight ends aligned in the slot. Hayward in particular, but Muth as well. I don't think Gentry will do it a whole heck of a lot, but that is absolutely a 
modern-day slot receiver route now. I mean, Claypool versus Evan Ingram-type tight end isn't that much different. No, I, that's for sure. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here uh, from Steelers Training Camp. We are live. Uh, the team getting ready to start seven shots Yeah, here, things Matt. are about to start picking up. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll see how this goes here. we got the uh, starting defense out there right now. Um, looking to see <clears throat> if they're in a nickel or a dime. Looks like a nickel right now with Cam Cam Sutton being the nickel uh, corner in this situation. They're doing this the wrong direction now. They're yeah, not going in. Maybe because they're, uh, they're not doing in pads today? I don't know. I mean, for those who don't know, seven shots is always a going into the end zone type of drill. I wonder if they're only going to do seven here, or is this something different? Is Maybe this a new wrinkle? Coming, out of, the, coming yeah. out of the end zone here. Because they're on the own seven-yard line as if they were backed up. I want to keep an eye on this. Like, they had been rotating Robert Spillane and Devin Bush throughout training camp. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that yesterday. I'm going to keep we an eye on We thought Spillane might have been hurt. We couldn't find the guy. He wasn't on the field forever. Right, right, right. I want to see if it's just Devin Bush again today. Okay. So. Yeah, they're in the nickel, and Bush is out there with, yeah. with Jack. Blitz okay. on that time. And, again, they're just they're just thudding here today. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Right. No real live tackling. Um, I don't know if I'd even call this seven shots. or It's definitely not seven shots because right, they're coming right. out of the end zone. But, uh, well, Matt, we should probably take another break then. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's do that. Uh, he is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We are live from Steelers Training Camp here at St. Vincent College. Uh, we'll be back with more right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson, and uh, this is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. We are live from Steelers training camp practices here at St. Vincent College and uh, watching the uh, team go through some 11-on-11 stuff. about... What would you say? Three quarter speed, half speed. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Yeah, I mean they're they're barely even thudding up or you know that, that type of thing. Last two plays by Rudolph, I thought were pretty crafty though. Yeah. And the the one before, he was about to let it go, pulled it down real quick, and then led Boykin perfectly, which would have been a long gain. Hit him right in stride. Right there, he just throws a RPO that incomplete. And then before that. Or after that, he hit Sternberger just right in stride, too. And two nice balls, well-timed, um, held it about like the right amount of time in the in the pocket, too. Not holding it forever as you can in this drill. Pickett just got yelled at for that, even yeah. though the whole, the, the whole stadium Everybody was crazy. Everybody yeah, right, he, right. he directed Gunnar Olszewski down the down the field and threw the ball to him, but he had been sacked like four times on the play. <laughs> right, right. The guy, right. there's four defenders standing around right. and watching him. And then you hear like, Tomlin's voice, get, get it out. Get out of the ball. <laughs> right. Quit holding the football. Yep, the absolutely. holding of the football is not good. Not not good, right. But yeah. Rudolph's done a nice job with that. So we're that that's out on time. Another nice one, throw. good one, yeah. Right over top of the uh, That's a nice throw. There. Good touch throw to the sideline there in the hole to, to White. Good couple of reps by Mason. Yeah, I mean, that's really kind of his – yeah, right, right, right. So he's good at it. That's you know, what his right. deal is, yeah. yeah. Get it and get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Be smart, and, you know. So we, we had ones-on-ones there. Now we're uh, out past the 20. That was all inside offense inside the 20. So we're not going to do seven shots today, apparently? Apparently not. not. Yeah, maybe because that's they're uh, bizarre. Maybe because they're not in pads, they're not tackling. And maybe there's kinda, too many fights in the cafeteria this, about who gets the 
lobster and who doesn't. And what if they're game planning it all this week? Maybe that there might be some a, a little bit of game planning going on here. And, and really, it's not so they win. Right. It's to teach the, the 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 team how to game plan, how to prepare for a week against an NFL opponent. You know, we'll install this. We're going to make this change. You know, maybe they are. I mean, that's a good way of thinking of it. Is they're definitely handling this practice thus far much different than they have others. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we see the uh, the offense out here. Uh, that was uh, t- two tight ends. That twenty two personnel. Uh, two, I didn't see. Two, uh, actually, there were two receivers and two tight ends. No, so that's field. twelve. Yeah. Yeah. No, there were three receivers out there. Were there three? But uh, Chase Claypool was lined up in line on that one. Okay, so they're moving him even more and more closer to the line of scrimmage yeah. or closer to the ball. Yeah, so they've got 13 personnel. And he ran those drills with the tight ends, personal, too. I should say. But, yeah. uh, um, but treating it like, again, that's great, and that causes lots of problems if he'll block, you know. Right. I mean, if he blocks like he did at Notre Dame. Here it is again. He's he's lined up. And he's, he's off the line of, of scrimmage a bunch, now, but yeah. he's behind Fryermuth in this situation. Okay. Yeah, they're doing some different stuff today, though. Yeah, definitely. And maybe it is a game plan centric thing. Some things that we're going to see on yeah, Saturday yeah. against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And you got to think. I mean, if it's Claypool in the slot versus Sims in the slot, couldn't be more different. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think you run the same plays or the same formations, the same bunches, things like that. So maybe they're making it a little more Claypool centric. Yeah. Um, watching uh, Marcus Allen has a helmet today, which is new. Oh, good. Over there. He's running on the other field uh, with Alex Highsmith. So Highsmith's still out at this point. Um, all in all, though, they're pretty healthy going into this game. They really are. Um, you know, starting to, uh, you know, we'll see where they're at coming out of this game. Uh, this will be a big one. You don't want to get any starters hurt this week. No, no. Uh, but some will, will play, play, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, see what happens. Your Sims goes in motion from uh, left to right. And that is a handoff to Najee Harris and, well, yeah. all the linemen stand up at the Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a hard hard barometer of was that a successful play or not. You know, No I mean, idea. Right. <laughs> they didn't fumble the football. So. They didn't fumble the football. No one got hurt. So I guess it's a successful play. But the linemen really aren't banging at all today. No, no, they're, they're, they're not playing patty cake yeah. at the line of scrimmage. In fact, actually, this is game planning here because if you look, the defense, they've got the card out. They've got the, the, it's a backup defense. It's the scout team defense, basically. They're acting like the scout team, even with yeah. some of the, the good guys out there. And they've got the guy, they've got the, the, the card out there, and they're showing the defense what mm-hmm. the alignment is and what the play is. It's usually a safe bet when the card out that they're game planning because that's the other team's plays they're playing yes. on the card. Yeah. You know? yeah. So you'll see more of a four-three look here. I'm sure. I, I think the Jaguars are still four-three. Um, team. That's a good question because they made a lot of defensive changes. Uh, they may be more of a 3-4, but okay. Walker's such they a strange. They did add four linebackers. Right, right, right. I mean, I think they're going to have two second-level guys a pretty high amount of time. Um, I think they're going to play just about everybody, though. I was looking at it this morning. Christian Kirk didn't play. I don't think Zay Jones played. Um, Robinson, the, the big back, is still fighting injury. But they played ATN and all the O-linemen and Lawrence. I think yeah, you'll see got, all those guys. He, yeah. he got 10 touches in the first quarter the other day. Right. I'm right, no right. mathematician, but that that would be 40. No. The- <laughs> right, right. I don't know that we should uh, prorate his, his workload as 40 touches a game. <laughs> but uh, all the reports have been glowing about him, and I think he's going to be a huge part of their offense. Yeah, no, I think he will too. Um, but I think they'll be a really good test for the Steelers because they're going to play their guys. I know everyone looks at it like, Jags oh, stink. What do you mean? Good. You know, 
But they have a lot to prove, and they got a lot of young guys. I mean, they're going to play the first overall pick. They're going to play, you know, the first overall pick the year before. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I, I think those are good good teams to play. Yeah, absolutely. Another inside hand throw. This is from the Jalen Warren uh, with the second team. So he's running ahead of Benny Snell here in this. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, that fits with what uh, kind of what, what we were projecting a yeah. weeks ago. That yeah. Uh, yeah. you know he's perhaps moved past uh, Benny Snell and. Well, I think he's, he's the better fumble, runner. Can't can't fumble the football though. Can't fumble the football, but you would think he gets a lot of run in this game, don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, again to see what uh, what he's got and uh, can he not fumble the football in these situations? Yeah, yeah. Can you count on him? I mean, that's what it's all about: is trust, reliability. And I always thought that hurt, hurt McFarland. He ran right year. back. Okay, so he just got done carrying the football. He ran all the way down, took his carry all the way down to the end zone. Yeah, sprinted back to this end of the field. Goes over to the sideline, picks up the football, and tucks it away again. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make a good impression here, Coach. But, no, I mean, it, it's more than that. I mean, he's he's a dedicated guy, and you can tell on his style of Very play. Very serious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to do the little things. He wants to help on teams. He wants to get better in protection. He's working on all those things, and he's improving on all those things. He runs hard, too. I mean, watching the game again. Uh, I've now watched it three times. Have you? And uh, he was very active on special teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so. Like, I think he's – I didn't project him to be a core special teamer. I thought he might be kind of a peripheral guy. Might be proving us otherwise. Yeah, you know, he might he be, be a guy yeah. that has to be out there all the time. Yeah. Uh, which is good because, you know, guys like George Pickens is not going to play special teams. No, no. None of the top three receivers are. Now, they will have – the way that uh, the way that they do that. So Mike Tomlin wants Austin's not going to run down on kickoffs and right, tackle anybody, either, right? You know. But what Mike Tomlin wants is everybody to at least have some kind of job on special teams. Mm-hmm. And so it's up to Danny Smith then to come up with something that those guys are going to do. And for George Pickens, it'll probably be hands team. That'll be his. Yeah. That'll <laughs> okay, be his special teams right, contribution. Right, right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Backup Along with hands. Deontay yeah, Johnson right. and yeah, yeah, Chase Claypool yeah. will be I out there in the hands team. Yeah. They're right. Going to be out there running down. So it's kind of a misnomer. We all have a special <laughs> teams role. Sure you do, but it has to be a disaster situation or a twice a year type situation. I didn't thought of the hands team. That's a good one, but that's probably true. Yeah, he's not going to do anything on the punt team or. He's not going to be a returner, you yeah. know. In fact, when the when the offensive linemen and defensive linemen come up from the morning walkthrough, which is largely special team stuff mm-hmm. at the end, anyways, Pickens mm-hmm. is now he comes up the steps with the with the veterans. Does he? Yeah, he's not in on any of that other special team stuff, and he should. You know, I mean, why waste the time going through the motions down there when? You could go back to the room and study a little more film, or why know. waste why waste Danny Smith's time teaching exactly teaching right, stuff right. that you're not going to have him do. I always think about that from a coach's perspective too. Like, you, you you probably love some of these dudes in your room that are trying hard, but you know deep down they have no chance of making this team. But you still have to coach them. Like, whittle those guys down. Let me coach the guys I'm really going to coach. And yeah. George, we love you, but you're not going to help on special teams. Get out of here. I need to coach up. You know, it's 30. I need to coach up, you know, Durant. I need to catch up, you know, Hayward, the guys that are new around here that are going to be on special teams. So go up to the, go up there and chill out and get your shower. <laughs> yeah. Go rest up. We're going to need you to run. <laughs> right. You're going to run a bunch uh, of rounds. Here. Yeah. yeah. For 17 games, maybe more. Yeah. Um, I guess his odds for rookie of the year have gone down, offensive rookie of the year have gone down considerably. 
So you don't make as much on the on you're not the bet as you used nearly to. Nearly as yeah. much now as you were going to make when we yeah. when we said you should bet that last. And week. And we were right. You should bet it that. Yeah. You should have bet it last week. Hopefully you did. I mean that's not guaranteeing you to win, let's, but your payoff's a lot a better now that the the rest of the world hasn't seen what it's, what he could actually do. That's kind of why I I brought that out last week, like before he had played a game, like because everybody's going to catch up on this. Even in fantasy drafts, I'm, I'm listening to yep. uh, to some different fantasy shows and they're talking about. George Pickens going like the ninth round now, yeah, and things of that nature. So, so I, I host a podcast, Locked On Dynasty, which is all about dynasty fantasy, of course. And it used to be like right after the NFL draft, Pickens would be like the somewhere between twelfth and fourteenth rookie overall taken, and that was like the eighth wide receiver. You know, it was like him and like Sky Moore were in that neighborhood. The conversation we had last night was. Is picking the Pickens the number one rookie receiver? And I said, yeah. I mean, it was between him and Drake London. I yeah. mean, it, and I, I said I would would not trade London for Pickens. I mean, if I had, and, and what okay. we even came up well, with was he. I just, be, I just yeah. called it up. So last week it was plus twenty five hundred. Now it's plus eleven hundred. Wow! I, mean, I think that's at one a point pretty big shift. That's a big jump. <laughs> it's a fifty percent difference or more than. He is now fifth in the in the. Uh, Pecking order there. Wow. So the only guys ahead of him are Brees Hall, Chris Olave, Sky Moore, Kenny Pickett, George Pickens. So the Steelers. So he's have, ahead of London too. The Steelers have two of the top five offensive rookie of the year. I candidates. wouldn't bet on Pickett though. Pickett. Yeah. I mean, he's got to see the field. I mean, he's not going to play Week One. I know those other guys are all going to play Week One at least. I mean, yeah. after that, who knows? But I mean, I know he's not going to be on the field Week One. And uh, yeah, so we have more team stuff. Maybe is, this is a. Rising up the charts very quickly. He's not going to surprise anybody here pretty soon. I mean, it's it's not a surprise any longer. He's not sneaking up on anyone. No, not at all. I think his odds even opened at plus 3,500 and right. went to 2,500, and now they're down to 1,200. Had to be the biggest jump. Yeah, had to be the biggest had jump. Be. Absolutely. And you mentioned fantasy. I was listening to the Establish the Run podcast, and every Monday they talk about who's moved the most in these drafts. And he said he's Pickens went up like 30 spots in a week. Yeah, because yeah. you know, he was the bottom of rosters, obviously, and now he's on every roster. Now, know? all of a sudden, he's, you know, next thing you know, he's going to be fifth-round fantasy draft. Yeah, right. You know? Another couple of crazy games. Do you, Will he be a first-round dynasty pick now? Not. Rookie, yes. Yes. Rookie, he's like the second or third overall. Hall's the only one that definitely goes ahead of him. Then it's either Walker, London, Pickens. I mean, he's right there in terms of the rookies. I mean, not in a startup dynasty draft. I mean, Justin Jefferson. Right, yeah. I mean, Jamar yeah. Chase, you know, those guys. Um, but, no, he's skyrocketing right now. Um, any chance you would take him over Claypool for redraft? I, I can't go there yet. I mean, yeah, that's I'm, not a knock on Pickens, but if he's, I think he's still the three. I think. I think. I mean, we don't know that. But, yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, they play so much 11. There were three receivers on the field. It's hard to tell. And it's tough to tell, too, because, really, Claypool would have been out. And, right, and they haven't been on the field week, together yeah. all that much to begin with. So, yeah, we just don't know yet. We'll see. We'll have a much better grasp on that, I think, after Saturday's game. Yeah, probably. You know, yeah. is yeah. he out there in two receiver sets? Early on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's the snap count? He's going to mm-hmm. play more snaps, I would think, than – I would assume – but maybe not. I say he'll speak not. volumes if he doesn't. Right. Yeah. I mean, if he's out there as long as Mitch is, and that's it. Well, he's a starter. I mean, volumes, it, yeah. yeah. And say that if he's if him and Deontay have the same snap counts, well, yeah, they they <laughs> look so at those fat, guys. Though, yeah. Right. 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 I mean, you learn a lot from that stuff. Absolutely. That's why you pay attention. Fantasy football. 
I know oh, there's a great people, overlap. Some yeah. people look down their noses at that, that stuff, and the, uh, you know, especially a lot of the beat writers. I look at it constantly, even beyond stuff like looking up things for my own yeah, yeah. purposes. I, I yeah. use fantasy football as a tool uh, in many ways in my writing. You know, oh, there's, there's, there's all kinds of stats out there that that. It's come so far yeah. so fast. I mean, it's unbelievably popular. It's a huge red zone targets. And right. Of that right, 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 right. Yeah. It's a huge business, as everyone knows now, too. I mean, everyone knows somebody plays or everyone listening plays, give or take. And there's been so many good analysts now that come up with new new ideas for this stuff. And I, I quote Dwayne McFarland a lot because he's really good at usage. You know, he looks at these guys, he's like, well, he's a 22% target share. That's not enough for you to start him. But if he's a 26, you can. You know, like it doesn't sound like anything, but it, that's a big deal. I mean, that's yeah. a you know, target share and things like that. There's a lot of tools there that I use in my writing and my analysis all the time. Yeah, I, I'm not going to do that work. I'm not going to chart everyone's target shares. Yeah, you know, let somebody else do it for you. Right. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. We are live from Steelers training camp here at St. Vincent College. Uh, we're going to take a break. We could be back with hour two. Live from Steelers Training Camp, right after this on ESPN 970 and Steelers Nation Radio.